What's up, family? I can't believe we're already in the second day of the last month of the year. It's now December 2nd, December 2nd, 2019. Well, family, here we go again. We're at the second day of the last month, which in 29 more days, we will be in the year 2020. I like to say I hope everybody had a pleasant and enjoyful Thanksgiving holiday weekend. I hope my brothers and sisters decided to keep their money in their pockets and just enjoy life with your friends and your family. Let's, I'm sorry, your good friends, people that you trust, people that you don't trust, but you call them friends. Nah, another story. But I hope everybody had a fantastic holiday. Mine was pretty much pleasant, even though I had to work on that particular day and the next day and the next day after that. But I did manage to squeeze in a beautiful concert yesterday with my significant other. And it was a great, great show. The OJs, Jeffrey Osborne, the Four Tops. It is so beautiful when you see all these brothers that's been around forever. One of the original Four Tops, brothers in his 80s, still around. And then you got Jeffrey Osborne, still around. And then you got two of the original OJs. Still around and they still kicking. And these brothers, the original ones, they're in their 70s and 80s. What does that tell you? They still doing what they love. Why? Because they see the unity of their music and the unity that brings out the people to support them. I'm talking about last night. Michael Center was packed. Brothers. Sisters, our brown brothers and sisters, our white brothers and sisters, our Asian brothers and sisters. I'm talking about it was packed. The unity of music brings people together like no other genre of business, whether it be everyday life. But music seems to bring people together together it's like that old what a music of this what, what a music calms the savage beasts that's the old saying i guess it's true music calms the savage beasts because at mo in most cases we're all beasts but to see the brothers and sisters and the brown brothers and sisters the white brothers and sisters the yellow brothers and sisters everybody having a great time Unity 
That's what is needed the most in the world is to be unified with one another. But we're going to talk about unity. You ask yourself, most of you, if you know, maybe you do, maybe you don't, don't know. I don't try to put things on people to make them know things because a lot of people don't even know the meaning of the smallest word. So, you know, here's your brother. I'm going to bring you a definition of unity. The state of being united or joined as a whole. Let me say it again. The state of being united or joined as a whole. Now, you may say, man, what does that mean? What it means is, I'm going to talk about my brothers and sisters right now. We don't have unity like we should have unity. We once had unity. Or we were starting to build a strong union of unity with each other. But as always, there's always something, somebody, or a collaboration of both to destroy that. It's not a uh, it, it's not a slap in the face, but it is a slap in the face. Every time black people try to unite, here comes whitey, white folks, whatever you want to call it, to destroy that unity. Last night, there was no such thing, but that was a concert. But once you leave that concert and you enter back into the reality of the real world, here they come. Black people try to get together, but here they come. But I'm not going to just put it all on black. Well, I'm sorry, I'm not going to put it on all on white folks, but they have a... Uh, 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 a nice uh, percentage of what they do to destroy. And it's not a good thing. So I'm not saying this in a good way because I'm not. I was thinking of black unity and what does it take? So I looked it up. Black unity basically was an album by Pharaoh Sanders. It was called Black Unity. It is a com composition, an album by jazz saxophonist Pharaoh Sanders. He recorded and released in the late 1971. The whole album consists of a single, a single now, 37-minute track, which was described by critic Joe S. Harrington as an exercise, whatever that's supposed to mean, exercise. But anyway, he sustained the harmonic, I'm sorry, the harmonic groove that can't be beaten. Basically, he put together a album, one album, 
but it only consists of one track, which was 37 minutes long on a saxophone. And he put together the harmonic and the rhythm and the groove that basically he sustained for 37 minutes. Anybody knows about a saxophone, uh, you try to do that on a saxophone and see where you get. But this is what the brother did on a saxophone. How come black people can't find a love in their heart to love their brothers and sisters more than what we do, even though we're in a setting. But outside that setting, we go back to the same old, same old. And we should be more united so we can have that unity, so we can start the new year fresh, always fresh, 12 months, every 12 months, there's so-called fresh start. This fresh start gets a little bit old, my brothers and my sisters. We have to start putting together, because it's not a such thing as now or never. It's never. And when I mean by never, that's the attitude you have to have, the never attitude. Because you can't even get to the now. But in essence, we are talking about the now. You either for it or you against it. You either want to live your life and be happy. But whoever said that you can't be happy uniting with your people to make your own community strong so you can go to malls, might go to malls that are black owned malls and support them and spend your money. It's not about just money. It's about liking and knowing and helping one another. It's not always about money. We put too much on the dollar sign. The dollar sign is not everything. The dollar sign is just a factor that helps, but it's not a factor to be the whole factor. It's just a factor. And sometimes when we go around and we just spin, because I, I, I know a lot of brothers and sisters went out there and they just couldn't wait to get to these malls this past weekend. Hell, they couldn't wait to get through Thanksgiving dinner before they went out there and spent their money. You show your kids the same thing when you're dragging them to the mall or when they know you're going to the mall that it's okay just to spend money and not save. Once you learn how to tell, uh, uh, teach your children how to save, they'll like saving more so they'll like spending. Because once you learn a new toy, and that's uh, learning, that's your toy, and your brain is the uh, instrument that you play with, they'll like learning adding up numbers and watching numbers grow. Black folks like to watch numbers disappear. They don't want to see them grow. I have to come on the good and I have to come on the bad because that's just how I am. But when you look at it, you could say, well, I do this and I do that and I'm supposed to. And my, no, no one tells nobody, especially me, what to do with their money. Only thing I'm saying is that a unity 
needs to come with black folks being unified as a one and not being so separated towards individuals. We are more separated and more engaged with other groups than we are with our own. Well, that's why our group has the bottom why everybody else either has the middle or the top because we scat, you know, like roaches, not to call us roaches, but using as a, a example, it's like the roaches are feeding on whatever the hell they're feeding. And then you turn on the lights and they scat. Doo! They go million different ways. And that's how we go, especially when it comes to our money. We take our money to a million different uh, avenues, but we can't go to that one black avenue. But we go to everybody else's avenue. That's all I'm saying. I'm not here to get down on you. I'm not here to talk about you. I'm just only bringing what's true. If it wasn't true, I wouldn't even be saying it. I wouldn't even waste my time. I wouldn't even be wasting my December 2nd even talking about this mess. But I talk about it because it's been talked about, but it's not talked about enough. The truth of unity. Black folks need to unite and take a stand and start helping our helping out with each other. No one's saying you got to go with support. I ain't talking about you want to support. Say if you got grown kids and you want to support them and they ain't doing nothing but living off of you, they ain't working, they ain't going to school, but you paying their bills and you doing this and doing that, then you're the fool. Because that ain't a uh, that ain't just a black thing. That's a all kind of people thing. But if that's what you want to do, that's your business. But don't complain to nobody because you won't kick your son or kick your daughter in the ass and make them get out the house and go get a job or make them go to school. You can't, well, you can't make them do nothing. But then again, you don't have to support them. But unity as a group, as we go forward towards 2020, it'll be beautiful that bring in a mindset at 12.01, January 1st, 2020, to have that mindset and not just have it, but to carry it out, carry out the duties that come with that mindset. Somebody told me, they left me a message. They says, man, you talk like a preacher, but I understand, and they're hearing this, so they'll get it, and they'll hear that I'm talking about them. I don't, like, I don't like to really give out names, but they said I talk like a preacher, but I'm not a preacher. I don't even want to consider myself a preacher. I'm just a person who goes out and puts out information. So my brother and my sister, I'm not a preacher. Preachers you got nowadays ain't even preachers because they ain't preaching the truth. But that's coming. That's coming from another podcast from another area. So I'm, I don't, I'm not going to get more, I'm not get more off into that until later on. But anyway. I might talk like a preacher, but I'm not a preacher, but I believe in helping people. I'm an ecologist 
certified through the Academy of Modern Applied Psychology. I use a lot of different techniques, whatnot, in my podcast from the, uh, the teachings of being a life coach, being a NLP practitioner, being a CBT practitioner. And you put it all together and it equals us, but it don't equals us in a positive way. It equals us in a negative way. I want to bring out the positive way in us for us to go out there and start loving, not just our brothers and sisters, but to love ourselves first. See, we are frightened, but we call on God, but we're not serving God the way we should serve God. We're serving the white man more so than we serve God because we don't fear God. Most of you fear the white man more so than God, and he is not a God. And that's where your fault comes. And your fault comes because that's the type of teaching that you're getting. You're getting to the point where you fear the white man more so than you fear God. And this is something from generation to generation. It's not just you. But it's time to break that generation and start fearing God Almighty instead of the white man who basically uses psychology on you. He uses psychology with his movies. He uses psychology with his, uh, his commercials. He uses psychology no matter where you go. He's using psychology on you. Alcohol was never invented, really, for the black man. It's like you go throughout history. Alcohol has always been a detriment to the black man. The black man has never done well with alcohol. And if you look at it, Every time you see black folks, they can start off in a nice social gathering with each other. But once that alcohol takes effect, oh boy, here it comes. They start acting crazy. They start tearing up shit. They just start, well, not really, but yeah, they, they do tear up, appending, you know, on the situation. But alcohol has never been good for the black man. That's why I've never drank. And I mean never it ain't that I stop. I never drink. Alcohol. That's why they keep putting a liquor stores in the black and brown neighborhood. Because see, as long as I keep you drinking that alcohol, you're going to always keep that hate in your mind about your brother. You're going to keep that animosity in your mind about your brother. But that's why they put it in your liquor stores. No, I'm sorry. That's why they put liquor stores in the black neighborhood. You go to white neighborhoods, they don't put that shit out there. They don't put that out there. You might have to drive. I don't know how far, but all you see, you would have to drive in a white neighborhood to the liquor store. In a black neighborhood, you can walk and you'll find one on this corner, that corner, that corner, that corner. Because they want to keep your mind or smoke shops. They want to keep you smoked up. They want to keep you drunk because as long as I keep your mind in another place, unity ain't never going to happen. Because see, 
you'll start seeing clear as to what's being said and what's being taught to you. But as long as you're doped up and you're drunk, you will never see unity. You'll never be able to unite, unite with your brother and sister. It's like when you go to jail. Brothers and there's more brothers in the jail than anybody outside of our brown brothers. But it's probably more than us. But we're not even united in jail. We can't even function as one in jail. When Mexicans come to jail, they put them aside and let them know this is what it's going. No matter what you did out there, this is the way it is out here. And they, they fall in line to that. Blacks, animosity, here it comes. We can't even get united in jail. And ain't none of us going home. We all living together and ain't none of us going home. But we still can't get united. Animosity. See, that's all by design. And they keep it by design. Because the job, the little, the, uh, the, uh, the Willie Lynch syndrome has just infected the mind so much. You might not even be able to come back. We have our strong-minded and we have our weak-minded, but we have more on the weaker side than we do on the stronger side. That's why more of the stronger need to bring more of the weaker into the foe of being stronger. But it's, it's entirely up to you on thinking, well... He ain't saying nothing. He ain't doing it but talking mess. Well, I'm not just talking mess. I'm only talking the truth. It's not mess. But if people want to judge it for mess, that's fine too. I don't go around here trying to uh, appease everybody because I can't. So I don't worry about it. And I don't think about it. I put out a message that I feel it's on the heart. I, feel, I put out a message I think God would want me to put out. Because remember, we are God's people. We have always been God's people. We have screwed it up a bunch because we fear the white man before we fear God. And many of you went to church yesterday and you was overjoyed with song and good pastoring and all that kind of stuff. But you come out today on a Monday, the second, and you're back to the same old weak as water as you was when you went in there on Sunday morning. You got a feel, you got a nice charge, but like any cell phone, once you use it and it stays on all day, the battery dies. The battery done died. You're going to have to wait the next Sunday or wait to Bible, sun, or Bible uh, study on Tuesday, Wednesday, or whenever you have it. To try to get your fix. That's if you go to Bible study. Most people just go to church. They go to church because it's like a traditional thing. It's not a thing to go to to really get some help. Because there's only a few of those that actually can give you help outside of talking about money and how to get money. How to spend money. How to give the church money. You have to decide on what mindset you want to have. You want to be disassociated from unity of your people 
or you want to unify and go out and help people. More messages like this would make my message even more important. My message is important, but with more, it would be even more so because people will start to understand there's people out there who actually care. I care about my people, the black man, the black woman. But the question, do you care about yourself? You may think you do, but in essence, you really don't. It's your actions. Always remember, it's the actions more so than anything. It's the actions. Your actions, like they say, action speaks louder than words. It was true yesterday. It's true today. And it's going to be true tomorrow. Action speaks louder than your words. When you treat your wife like shit or your girlfriend or your fiance or whatever you call it. Do you love her? Nah, you don't love her. But you tell her that because it's a word. It's easy to say. I love you. But where's the action behind it? You hit me. You call me names. You don't do nothing for me. But you love me. Yeah, you're only loved. See, that type of uh, uh, love is only good for 2 a.m. in the morning. That's when it's real. That Well, that ain't love. It's lust love. It ain't love. And that's the problem. The black man don't treat his woman the way he should treat his woman. Maybe sometimes, but sometimes ain't good enough no more. And that's why the black woman has gone over to the other side and deal more so with a woman than with a jive nigga. Brothers, you need to step your game up because your game has fallen. And I mean really fallen. If we don't get it together, because we're already falling. We like in that movie, Get Out. We like in that movie when uh, that uh, when that brother, girlfriend, his white girlfriend's mother put him in a trance and he was falling, sinking. That's where that's the state that we're in right now. We're falling and we're sinking. And only a few of us are trying to get help. But the masses of us is like, well, hell, I don't care. Because, you know, our young boys, sometimes, even our young girls nowadays, they're committing more suicides that's going on. You have uh, the attitude as well. I ain't going to live this long and I'm going to get the best thing, the best that I can out of my life. And see, that attitude right there is a sad, that's a sad state of affairs right there when your mind is like that. I ain't going to live too long. You're putting, you're, you're writing your own death sentence and don't even know it when you start saying things like that. But that comes from a lack of support from home. It comes from a lack of support from unity from its neighborhood because we don't have communities. We have neighborhoods. It's a lack that our brothers are not taking on with helping our young brothers out there to do things. The older brothers need to step up more. Driving to the concert last night, 
on the way downtown looking at the people, the homeless people with their tents. And it's like, wow, this is so sad. And the only time that they'll really do something in this particular city of mine, the Olympics are supposed to come, I believe, in 2024. And then they'll try to find places for the homeless like they did back in 84. They'll try to find places for the homeless so they'll be out of sight. So when all these uh, visitors come to visit, it'll show that we are such a united uh, city and country because, you know, Olympics is all about country and that we will hide our shame because that's what, in most countries. They hide their shame or they feel that black people are shame. So they try to hide black people. Yeah. When you go to Australia, yeah, they have black Australians. They have black Chinamen. They have black uh, 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 people, Japan. They got black people all over the world. And if you go and visit these places, you're not going down to where they are. You're just going down to the good parts because you're a tourist. You don't know nothing. You just want to go and see the glamour parts. And that's what they basically put you in the glamour parts. They don't want to talk about their shame. And black people are not shame, but basically their shame because anytime you try to put shame of another on somebody else, you ain't nothing but a shame of yourself. You're ashamed. And that's the way it is in, in America. We are ashamed. Black people are treated like crap in this country. And it's not because we are ashamed. It's because we are a threat. We've always been a threat. We just want to do what everybody else do. Live our life, enjoy our life like we're supposed to. But they put us as a shame. And they are the ones that are the, carry the big shame. And it's sad. White folks need to grow up, but they never will because they always are a threat. No, they are jealous and we are a threat to them. Unity. That's where unity comes in. Remember, Martin Luther King, the Civil Rights Movement, the Black Panthers, they were unifying. And then, poof, they had to get rid of it. Too much. They're starting to like each other. They're starting to care about each other. Remember James Brown, I'm black and I'm proud. The world was fired up. Remember the natural. Now you got the fake weave. You got the wigs. Front was it front light front, front lace wigs. You got the eyelash, fake eyelashes. Look like camel. You got the war paint. Face look if you if you if you if you tweak it a little bit, it'll crack. They got you. Looking like them, just with melon in your skin. It's like you take our sisters on TV. They don't wear their natural hair. A lot of them got these extensions. They got these wigs, and their hair is straight. You look at these sports shows, it's like, damn, the hair is straight. The hair is not the way it should be, and it's nothing wrong with it's, there's no there's no such thing as good hair or bad hair. Hair is hair. But they make you think that your hair is bad. Because it may be curly or a little kinky. It's not bad. 
God made you, so God don't make nothing bad. God makes good, and what good, it could turn into bad, but God didn't do it. But that's the way it is. Sisters don't want to see black men with white women, but yet you want to have the straight hair, the colored eyes, contacts, you want to have these fake nails, fake eyelashes. You want your hair to be as straight as the white girls. It's like, look at our sisters on the volleyball teams. It's like, sister, you know your hair. You playing volleyball, so you're sweating. You ain't got to have this fake-ass ponytail, fake-ass braided uh, weave to make it look like you with Becky with Becky's hair is already long, not to say, because white folks use a bunch of stuff too, but I'm not talking about them. I don't care about what they use. I'm talking about my people afraid of being their self. One day you'll wake up. You'll wake up and you'll love yourself if you don't. To God be the glory as always and the shame be to you. Because that's all it is, is shame. You can't be who God made you, but yet you want to go and you want to praise him. Or better yet, you want to go to church and claim that you praise him, claim that you love him when you can't even love yourself or be yourself. Because anytime you are putting a whole bunch of uh, uh, fakeness on your face, fakeness in your body, uh, lip injections, which black uh, women rarely do, I, I, I think, uh, uh, building up your ass to have an ass, fat injections and all that stuff. You don't love God. So be real about it and understand it. You don't love God. Your unity is not to God. Your unity is not to your people. Your unity is to yourself and maybe that almighty green devil called the dollar. That's what, it's, uh, what you're all about. And it goes the same for the brothers. I don't just talk about the sisters. I talk about the brothers too. When you can't even love your woman because you can't deal with a real woman. So you go to a woman who doesn't really know the culture of the people, your people, black people. And you feel you can get over on her because she doesn't know the culture. So you feel you can be you can strong arm her. But in reality, she's only strong arming you. Because the brothers with this money, they end up giving it all to uh, Becky, as they like to call them when they refer to white women. Give it all to Becky or Susie. She's going to win and you're going to lose and she's going to go back to her people and you're going to go back to your people trying to get acceptance. You're going to be like OJ. But then again, OJ is where he want to be for 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 people, for a person who people like uh, call dumb. OJ wasn't hardly dumb. He wasn't dumb as a lot of you uh, uh, black people like to think he was dumb and you white folks as well. OJ wasn't OJ still living his life. OJ with that twenty five thousand dollar a month pension for a 70 plus year old man. He still can live the way he was living back in the day. He may not be able to go to country clubs, but then again, he probably could still get in these country clubs. OJ had put his money aside in the 70s. OJ lives a great life and he's never going to pay that. He's never, he was never going to pay that, that settlement. Never. And he told you I'll retire first. And that's what he did because he knew they couldn't touch 
his $25,000 a month check. And that money was still going to be there when he spent nine and a half years in jail. It still was there. So what does that tell you? He lives in a community, a gated community. He lives in a million-dollar home, and he's still kicking, still telling jokes, and still doing what he do. My brothers and my sisters, I'm going to end it on that. It goes to show you. The devil will always bring back his son once his son continues to be obedient towards him. You figure it out, and you have a great week. This is your brother signing off with saying, hey, unify, unity.